Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported thousands of women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. So if you're frustrated, if you're doubting yourself, if you're not enjoying the journey, there's a better way. Together, we'll break through your past patterns, we'll eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and most importantly, enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Hope you are having an amazing day today. I am. We are about to go on vacation, which can't wait to fill you guys in on how that goes. It will be our first time flying with all three kids. We flew with Roman a lot when he was a baby, but uh, two adults with three kids under two should be interesting, especially because we're not all sitting together. Apparently, this was news to me in case you've got young kids or grandkids and you didn't know this. Infant oxygen masks are only on one side of the plane, at least on Delta. And so when there's a lot of infant in arms on the flight, the seating gets sort of modified accordingly because the people with infant in arms have to be on the left. Uh, So that means that there aren't three seats that we can like move people around and put together. So somebody is going to have one of the twins and Roman And then somebody else will be sitting by themselves with one of the twins, which should be interesting. I think the twins are going to be way easier to fly with than Roman at this age because he's almost two. And uh, getting him to sit for a few hours, yeah, wish us luck. By the time this airs, well, actually, if you have any last minute tips, message me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton because, uh, yeah, we'll still be in time. All right, let's talk about all that we're going to talk about. Somebody sent in a question about stopping constant food chatter in your mind. Like I'm always thinking about food, always thinking about the next thing to eat. So we're going to talk about that. Um, Somebody asked asked a question about how I repaired my relationship with my mom. If you don't know what that means, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, Somebody asked a question about what supplements I can't live without. So we will talk about that. Oh, and then there was a question about training your mind from away from looking forward to a binge, planning for a binge, like that excitement around overeating. So we'll talk about that too. But the first thing I want to do is tell you what we are giving away today. Uh, We're giving this one away because I had it in my Instagram stories a few times and it generated a lot of questions. And actually this particular thing recently got a patent and won an award. It's called Kids Mood. Uh, And I personally take it myself, even though I'm not a kid anymore, but I also give it to Roman. The twins are still too young, but once they start eating solid foods. We'll introduce it a few months after that. So it's like a pixie stick. You take it like a pixie stick. If you're not listening to this in the U.S. or somebody who doesn't know what pixie sticks are, it's like a powder that you put directly in your mouth. Um, 
I put it on Roman's high chair tray and he just like dips his finger in it and puts it in his mouth and it keeps him occupied, which <laughs> I really love. Number one, he likes it. Number two, it's good for him. Number three, it buys me 10 minutes <laughs> or more to do something else without him saying mama up with mama. Um, but I take it for a couple reasons. Number one, it's an adaptogen. So it helps with our body's stress response. Number two, it's like this sweet treat that I look forward to. If I'm craving something sweet, I go for kids mood. I really like it. Like I think it's yummy, um, which to be perfectly honest is probably as much of a reason why I take it as the fact that it helps with stress and taking the edge off, which I really need right now because sometimes I feel like I'm going to lose my mind. Um, so that is what we are giving away today. I will announce the winner at the end of the show. All you have to do to be eligible to win is leave a review of this podcast on whatever app you listen. And what was I going to say? Oh, I'll also put the link to Kids Mood in the show description if you're curious about it. Um, it's all natural ingredients. Like one of the primary ones is saffron, which is, you might have heard of like saffron rice that... Uh, makes the rice that bright yellow color. There's actually a ton of research on saffron and the other natural herbal ingredients in here that help with things like hyperactivity. I'm obsessed with kids' mood. In fact, it goes out of stock a lot because it's so popular. Um, and the recent research around it just made it kind of fly. But I have some because I stock up so we don't run out for Roman. So I'm going to give it away. I'm going to give away a whole box uh, at the end of the show. Let's start with, and my sweet mom is probably listening to this episode. So I'm sure she's like groaning a little as she hears this question. How did you repair your relationship with your mother? So to give a little backstory, if you have not read Chasing Cupcakes, which is my first book, when I was a kid, I was a really, really overweight kid. My mom was not overweight at all. My sister was not overweight at all. And uh, my mom did not want me to be overweight for a number of reasons largely, she didn't want me to have a more difficult childhood, right? She didn't want me to have health issues. She didn't want me to have social challenges. And so she was really determined to help me get healthy. And as I got older, I also really wanted to. I wanted to lose weight. The thing is, there weren't a lot of resources, and there still are not a lot of resources around supporting your kid in weight loss without like doing it in a really unhealthy or damaging way. And so she had really great intentions, but a lot of her tactics just didn't land well and created some food issues in a young kid who then learned to associate food with weight uh, versus food with health and and also a lot of shame around food and around body weight. And it was it was really tough. It was tough. And it wasn't just tough for me. It was also really tough for her. Tough for her to know what to do, tough for her to see me getting heavier and feel powerless. Um, and I'm sure she had in the back of her mind, like, I hope I'm not doing damage to my kid. But at the same time, I know that her overeating and overindulging and being really overweight is damaging her health. So how did we repair that relationship? Because what it created was a lot of avoidance, a lot of fear of judgment. Um, when I went to college, I didn't want to come home. Like I missed my family, but I felt that if I hadn't lost weight or if I had gained weight, which was often the case, that I didn't want her to see that and I didn't want her to know that. One thing that really helped me and still helps me 
especially since having kids, but even before having my own kids, her intentions were good. She wasn't trying to hurt me. She never wanted to hurt me. This woman loves me more than she loves herself and her own life. She really genuinely wanted me to be healthy and happy. So her methods were jacked up, but her heart was in the right place. And it wasn't she was choosing destructive methods because she didn't care. She was just trying things when other things didn't work. So there's a book called The Four Agreements. And one of the agreements is make no assumptions, right? So I certainly was not and am not in her head, but I will not assume that she was being mean about it. She was coming from a place of deep love and care. And and some of it was ego-driven, right? She's been on the show and shared that. She felt like having an overweight kid was a reflection on her as a parent. She didn't like that. But that's still coming from a good place. That's not coming from a bad place. That's a very reasonable thing in the same way that I want... Roman to behave well when we're out because if he's a wild man I feel that that is a reflection on me as a human or if my kids you know look crazy or aren't dressed appropriately you know there's so many things that we think of that so that's a very human response giving her the benefit of the doubt is huge I'm in this Facebook group for um, one of my streams of income that uh, I spend a fair amount of time and effort working on. And there was recently a conversation where a woman posted something like, hey, this person I know posted this. I think it's about me. She said it wasn't, but like, here's all the reasons that I think it is. And it was this immediate pile on. Everyone was like, oh my God, that's horrible. That's awful. That's this, this, that. And I'm like, you guys are all assuming the worst of this person. You are you are assuming the least charitable interpretation of her actions, the least charitable interpretation of her intentions. What a miserable way to live. So I think when we interpret people's actions and when we interpret people's intentions, number one, making no assumptions is very valuable. So in this case of this post that I saw, like, don't assume it was about you. That's just not a charitable assumption. But also, let's give it the most charitable interpretation possible, which is, you know, for my mom, she loved me. She wanted me to be happy and healthy. She wanted to be able to help me in the same way that all moms want to help their kids give the most charitable interpretation. I think in this day and age, so many people are giving folks the least charitable interpretation. And it's something that the, the book that I mentioned last week um, talked about, The Coddling of the American Mind. Let's give the most charitable interpretation. My mom would stop her whole life for me. My mom has stopped her whole life for me. When Dagny died, when I was hospitalized before the twins were born, you know, when I was in the NICU with the girls for over three months and had Roman at home, like... This is someone, and and those are recent examples, but even when I was a kid, if something happened with me, she would have stopped her whole life and would want to stop her whole life to help me. It was coming from love, you know, and like, let's laugh about it. (laughs) Come on, I'm 40. It's okay. (laughs) You know, like we can get past it. I'm not going to hang on to something that happened when I was seven. I'm just not. And, And look, that doesn't mean that you have to operate that way or that something that happened to you when you're seven isn't dramatically more intense and severe. When I talk about my approach to me, that doesn't mean that I'm saying that should be your approach to you. But that's just what it looks like and what it continues to look like in my life. 
Before we get into the food chatter and, and talking yourself into a binge, that sort of stuff, a couple other questions that came in. Uh, and on Saturdays, I like to address your questions. What are the supplements you can't live without? Obviously, this is more figurative than literal because if I don't take it, I'm not going to drop dead. Um, oh, we'll think of it in terms of like my favorite, favorite, favorite supplements that I don't want to live without, that I would be devastated if they were suddenly not available. Uh, I would say hands down the first one. Oh, that's tough to say hands down. But like, okay, what comes to mind immediately as the number one is Relief Plus. I've talked about it a ton here. It's an all-natural anti-inflammatory. And inflammation is the starting point of basically every disease that we know of. Cognitive diseases, cellular diseases, all of those things begin with an out-of-control inflammatory response. So relief is the one that comes to mind. Do not look for it on Amazon. It's not on Amazon. I always people have people show me their Amazon carts. This one, right? No, it's not on Amazon. I'll link it up in the show description um, so that you don't waste your money on something that might have a similar or same name. Uh, but that is an all-natural anti-inflammatory. It's not so, like Chris has bad elbows. He has tendonitis in his elbows. So he takes it like for that. But inflammation does not necessarily mean headache, knee pain, elbow pain. Inflammation is often happening in our, is always happening in our body in ways that we don't feel. So I take it every day for things that I don't feel. Now, if I had a headache, I'd take a little extra. Uh, if I have menstrual cramps, I'll take a little extra, but that would be number one. Uh, number two would be uh, the couple of probiotics that I take because the microbiome which is the sort of ecosystem of bacteria in our bodies, impacts anxiety, depression, weight, metabolism, mood, immunity, literally everything. And I think a lot of people think, well, if I eat a lot of veggies or I have some kombucha or some kimchi, no, because you don't know what strains are in that. And if they're the right strains that your body needs for these specific areas, so... I don't play around with the microbiome. Um, there's two different probiotic products that I take every single day. I would not want to live without those. And then I would say, oh, it's so tough. I don't, if you ask me on another day, I might have a different answer. But today, I would say it's mood and kids' mood. I talked about kids' mood at the top of the show. Um, because they're both, they both function in the same way in that they're adaptogens, helping your body adapt to different physical, emotional, psychological stressors. Stress kills. Stress creates hormonal dysregulation, not to mention just the unpleasant experience of feeling on edge. Um, but those two help me so much, in large part probably because of the season of life that I'm in. I can escalate pretty quickly when I've got three kids screaming and I'm trying to cook dinner and I still have work I need to do. And so those things really help me feel like they take the edge off. I go from feeling physically tense in my body, teeth clenched, jaw clenched to being like, okay, I got this. It's loud. It's annoying, but I got this. So that's what I would say. But again, if you ask me in a week, I might have a different answer, but not, not on the first couple ones. I will link those up in the show description as well. Uh, all right, let's go to the food stuff. How do you untrain your mind when it always looks forward to a binge, which you'll obviously beat yourself up for the moment that it ends. So 
you feel like your mind is trained to look forward to a binge. I get that. I actually wrote about that in Chasing Cupcakes. So if you haven't read Chasing Cupcakes, that could be a really powerful resource. I've also done several episodes of the podcast on binge eating. In fact, let me pull them up right now so that I can um, tell you what numbers they are. And let me tell you how I search for episodes in case it's helpful. Um, I type in primalpotential.com colon and then the keyword. Now, that only shows you episodes where I've done show notes for, and I haven't done show notes in a couple of years, so it's not going to show you more recent episodes, but it's still going to search through like 700 episodes at least. So primalpotential.com colon space binge. Let's see. Um, da, 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 da. 148. 148. 534. 527. But I would start with 148. 148, uh, 534, and 527. There's obviously more, but those are, I would start with 148 and Chasing Cupcakes. So aside from those resources, when you talk yourself into a binge, understand that what you're doing is you're convincing yourself, right? You're convincing yourself and the way that it look, used to look for me is like, I'm going to get it out of my system or I deserve it because I've been so good lately. One day doesn't really make a difference. There are all of these different ways in which we convince ourselves to choose this pattern of behavior, to go down this road. There is the way to convince yourself not to. And you just have to practice that. And you can do it in sort of a... Stakes are low. I'm not in the moment. I'm not currently actively talking myself into a binge, but I'm maybe like taking a shower. I'm driving down the road. And I'm just thinking or I'm laying in bed at night. My mind is wandering. If I were to talk myself out of binge eating, how might I do that? Again, this is not happening in the moment where you're battling this urge to binge, but, you know, it's just a neutral moment where you have a few minutes to think, if I were to make a case against binging, how would I do that? And you start to practice talking yourself out of it, and then those thoughts become more familiar to you. So if I were to talk myself out of a binge, it's never really worth it. Like I'm never choosing food that's level 10, the best food. It's more convenience and it's not really things that I super, super enjoy. I'm not savoring the food. It's more frenetic and rushed and I don't want to eat that way. Like if I'm going to have something I really love, I want to savor it. You know, and typically if I'm really paying attention, I don't want six cupcakes. Like I'm good after one. Plus, that behavior doesn't reflect who I want to be. And it's really unhealthy to overburden my body like that. And it makes me crave more things. So if the if the situation is that I want to indulge, well, I can indulge in a way that's not binging. So what would that look like? I can indulge without overindulging. Maybe I need to get more comfortable and more practiced in that. What could that look like? How could I try that on? And I would do it in a situation where it makes it easy to not overeat. So if it was something like ice cream, I'm going to go out for ice cream and get a cup of ice cream versus buying ice cream and then having to bring it home and moderate how much of it that I eat. Or I'm going to go out to a bakery and buy a cupcake and come home and eat it instead of making cupcakes and then having 24 of them in the kitchen. That sort of thing. I would make a and make a case for not binging. The other thing that this comes down to when we talked uh, about it 
recently in the Consistency 365 series is this notion of one of the most common cognitive distortions is dichotomous thinking or all or nothing. That if I'm going to over, if I'm going to indulge, I'm going to overeat, right? It's got to be a binge because, well, since I'm doing it, might as well get it all of my out of my systems. I'm going to start fresh tomorrow. We talk about this a lot in the consistency course, overcoming this all or nothing mentality. So that might be a skill set and a tool that you really need to develop. But ultimately, it's about what you talk yourself into and out of. And you can get better at another perspective, another conversation in your own mind. Uh, somebody else asked, how do I overcome the constant food chatter in my mind? Well, here's the thing about food. We eat all the time, right? I mean, I had breakfast an hour ago. I'm going out to lunch with my friend in a couple of hours. When I get home from lunch with my friend, I'm going to be thinking about what I'm going to do for dinner. And if Roman needs a snack and if Roman's having a snack, am I going to have a snack? Am I hungry? I don't think that the constant food chatter is necessarily a problem unless you don't feel in control of it. So how can you think about food? And of course, everybody defines constant differently. But how can you think about food in a way that isn't reactive or agitated or dramatic? Because I think about food a lot when I wake up. I'm thinking about if I'm hungry. I'm thinking about coffee. I'm thinking about what Roman's going to have for breakfast. I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for breakfast. And then I'm going to think about cleaning up from breakfast. Like a lot of it is very normal. What's not normal is when you don't feel in control or when you're really in drama about it and in this like, should I or shouldn't I or whatever. So becoming a better thinker Becoming a more strategic and calm thinker is a massive component of consistency. And a lot of times that's slowing down and reminding yourself that it doesn't need to be dramatic. There's nothing wrong with thinking about food. Are you hungry? Slow down and don't panic when these thoughts arise. Am I hungry or do I just want to eat? If I want to eat, cool. It's going to be time to eat soon. I'm just going to wait until I'm hungry. Calm down. So much improves if you can just take a breath and freaking relax a little bit. In the consistency course, we talk a lot about not being so dramatic, being a more mature thinker. And that looks like a lot of things, but it looks like telling the whole truth and not some emotionally loaded corner of the truth. It looks like being proactive and less reactive It looks like a lot of things, but it's a skill that you can build. And I would say the first step to building that skill is just calming down. Okay, I'm thinking about food. Is that a problem? No. Do I need to necessarily act on it? No. Am I hungry? No. Okay. And then the other thing is, have other stuff going on that you're excited about in your life. This is one that I still have to work a lot on because I'm an introvert by nature. I can stay very, very, very busy at home. But maybe it's joining a gym or joining a church or starting a new book that you like or a gardening hobby. Start to put things in your life that you look forward to. There's this quote that floats around social media a lot that says something like, do more of things that make you forget to check your phone right? And I think about that as it 
applies to food, like do more of things that make you disconnect from the idea of food, whether that's like you're bowling with your friends or you're out on a walk or you're starting a garden. I mean, any number of things. But I think that's a component of this too. The biggest component though is calm down, slow down, calm down, slow down. All right. The winner today of Kids Mood, which I'll also link up in the show description, be to do today. I think that's what that says. It could be be todo today. I don't know. Be to do today, I think is what it is. Email me, Elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Email me within 60 days of this episode airing. Let me know that you are the winner for 1080 and include your full mailing address so that I can get Kids Mood out to you. Everybody have an amazing day. We'll see you tomorrow.